Hello and welcome to Is Mayonnaise a Podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Omar Lopez, and I'm joined with the sexier Mexican version of Barnacle Boy, Josh Hemo. <laughs> uh, Solid. <laughs> I, I cut you off guard a little bit, huh? I did. Yeah. And that pause, you're like, oh. I was like, oh. Ooh. I want to thank you all again for listening. Last week's episode, I think, was pretty solid. So if you listened, thank you. If not, then I don't know how you got to this episode. Just jumping out of order. This is kind of weird. But I appreciate it anyways. To each their own. Quick notes. Please check out our Instagram, Twitter, everything else. Is Mayonnaise a Podcast? Just Google it. You'll find it. I promise. Don't hold me to that. But I'm, I'm pretty sure you'll find it. Either way, uh, today we are looking at Season 1, Episode 6. That is Mermaid Man and Barnacle Boy is Act 1, and Act 2 is Pickles. So, let's dive on in. So, for Act 1, we start out on Mermaid Man and Barnacle Boy. And we see these wonderful two heroes, and we learn about their powers, charging the creatures of the deep. This is foreshadowing, so keep that in mind. Then we see SpongeBob and Patrick, and you realize that, you know, they're actually cosplaying and and watching this. They're kind of like, you know, really into it. So they're pretending they're Mermaid Man and Barnacle Boy. A little bit of role play there. And then they fly out the door and they spot Reflecto, aka Squidward, just trying to get his tan on. And using their power rings, aka donuts, they summon the creatures of the deep. They think really, really hard. And finally, a jellyfish comes out of nowhere. And Squidward just, you know, blows it away. In character, they're always like, oh, Reflecto has, has thwarted us. And then suddenly they create a shield, block Squidward's light. They run away back home after Squidward destroys the shield. And Squidward bangs on the door and is yelling at them to come out, you know, to give him a piece of his mind. And Patrick's worried. He's like, what would the real Mermaid Man and Barnacle Boy do? And Squidward's like, why don't you ask him? They're down at the rest home. SpongeBob and Patrick go down to the rest home. And the guy just lets them in, and then they fanboy out about Mermaid Man and Barnacle Boy, because they're sitting right there, a lot older than how we met them at the beginning of the episode. And they find out that Mermaid Man and Barnacle Boy have been retired for for quite a number of years. So SpongeBob accidentally triggers Mermaid Man with his sentence, there is evil afoot. And, you know, Mermaid Man freaks out, and he's like, evil! Evil! And he starts running around, and Obviously, SpongeBob and Patrick get kicked out, and SpongeBob vows that he needs to bring back Mermaid Man and Barnacle Boy. He needs to take them out of retirement. They decide to do like a fake robbery situation, and Barnacle Boy just is like, hey, can you keep it quiet? Mermaid Man's sleeping. Barnacle Boy gets so annoyed at SpongeBob, he's like, that's it. I'm coming out of retirement, if only to stop SpongeBob from being so annoying they bust out the actual power rings and they you know say the the mantra and suddenly they're attacking spongebob and patrick and spongebob in true fashion is having a blast patrick is also having a blast and they hit him with like a water ball they doggy pedal them into a raging whirlpool and then finally they call on the other old folks of the retirement home and they just throw spongebob and patrick out and we realized that, you know, SpongeBob actually succeeded. 
he succeeded in having them come out of retirement, and now they're SpongeBob and Patrick are at home watching them on TV, watching their new adventures, which aren't as exciting as their old ones. But in the end, all is well. So, what did you think about the episode, Josh? Um, I like Mermaid Man and Barnacle Boy. I think they're fun characters. So it's kind of see, it's cool to see their uh, introduction episode. I like how it starts out with like nice James Bond esque music. Oh yeah, definitely. Yeah. I just like it's nice to see. I don't know, I'm still confused on Mermaid Man and Barnacle Boy's actual existence in this world. Like, yeah. are they actual superheroes? One, they're human, which is weird. But I'm just going to assume that like they're from Atlantis or something. They're human. They have superpowers. They have a TV show. And I'm thinking, cool, Batman. But then they actually have real superpowers. So it makes me wonder if, you know, in later episodes, we do run into some of their old enemies and stuff. Are they... Like, did Bikini Bottom used to be, like, this crazy place with, like, wacky supervillains and stuff? I think so. I think, like, that all the TV show, even though it's very much, like, the old Adam West Batman-esque kind of stuff, like, even the yeah. pow and the all those, like, flashy signs that they do. Um, but it was mm-hmm. real. Like, this is just actual reporting on their adventures, the stuff that was happening around them. Yeah, and, like, where's that camera crew, man? Yeah, like, that's Because at question. the end... At the end, they're all like just watching them play checkers. I don't know who's, I don't know how TV works in Bikini Bottom, but usually you got to make money in order to put a show up. But I don't know, maybe, no, maybe, maybe there's a lot more fanboys than just we think. Public TV, it's fine. How annoying would it be if your neighbors cosplayed so hard that they they stopped whatever you were doing? And that's what I feel bad for Squidward. He's just like, because even like the last episode we brought up, like they purposely plan to ruin his day sometimes. And it's kind of yeah. clear here. They're just like, let's go f- with Squidward. He's just hanging out on his lawn trying to enjoy the sun. Can't even yeah. do that. But also I wonder what, in what situation if Squidward had been like, if he had flipped it around. I don't know. I imagine it. That's how it's like when sometimes people have kids is like sometimes you can be an like your kids can be annoying and you can just not participate in whatever weird thing that they want you to participate in where it's like pretend to be a pony or something like that. But what if you just did it? And I find like some parents when I see them just like go with it, the torture lasts a lot less because they're no longer like opposing them. They're having fun and they're like, okay, I'm done. And then they're like, cool. And then the kids run off. I don't know. Maybe I'd be willing to believe that, but like in the past when Squidward's played along, he's just got screwed over. I mean, in the jellyfishing episode, he played along and got destroyed by the queen jellyfish. So Yeah, but he he wasn't into it. He was just like no, he was kind of into this. it. He was being petty. I don't, he I wasn't think like eventually sincerely he got in it. Yeah. Maybe not wholehearted. I, the lines in this episode I I just really enjoy them cuz the the lines themselves they're just like elaborate vile fiend i'm gonna start saying that all the time work emails um stuff like that the weird i think this is the first time also we see a video like actual live video besides like you know the island you see in the beginning the little island miniature it's uh patrick again showing real signs of intelligence and astuteness he's like oh it's too bad that they're old and then spongebob's like Nah, old we, people we have are to bring full them of wisdom yeah. and experience. Exactly. They're full of wisdom and experience. And Some and then a winking old man shows random up. Random old nowhere. sailor man. Yeah. It's 
kind of creepy, yeah. but also like SpongeBob out of nowhere produces fireworks again, some type of godlike power somehow. Somehow, and he he withstands. Granted, him and Patrick withstand these attacks from Mermaid Man and Barnacle Boy. So again, another sign, SpongeBob the God. Yeah, like on a sadder note. It's kind of weird. It's kind of like interesting how they touch on the like old age and dementia a little bit. Just how mm-hmm. like how Mermaid Man is like literally losing his mind. Like there, he has a whole scene where he like starts reciting, um, or like officiating a wedding basically when he's <laughs> yeah. trying, to, trying to kick SpongeBob out. Just like all this other, and like even like the PTSD is just like there's like low key um hints to like old like how what happens to you as you age it's just kind of interesting to see that it's like a mix that mix of like ptsc and getting old and like him reliving stuff but he's he's still like there in times because he once he did kick in when he was like mermaid man and barnacle boy unite he realized that oh like he he can he knew exactly what to do and he got right back into the swing of things but he just doesn't like recognize Barnacle Boy or other random no. that happens to him. I've seen that. Like I've had grandparents who have had Alzheimer's and stuff. Some things will like trigger them back. Like they become very responsive. Mm-hmm. And another thing that I like, completely don't remember. So it's kind of interesting just like how the human mind works like that. This is mm-hmm. a sadder note, but I like that yeah, this cartoon it... is touching on this because I'm sure like as kids, like they have grandparents who are going through this thing. Yeah, I don't know. Like, it's it's weird for me because, like, you don't want to make fun of it. But, like, I don't know. I feel like when we make light of stressful situations, if you relate to them, sometimes it can help you cope. Um, sometimes that dark humor, I think, comes out. And I, I, they play it a lot for laughs here, but I don't know. Like, they're, they're skirting a fine line, I think, between, like, possibly offensive. Yeah, I can see that. But I don't know. In my family, we have a great, like, a great grandmother that has Alzheimer's. But some of the stories from just like her Alzheimer moments are kind of funny. Like one time, she sent my mom like diapers <laughs> for like Christmas and like old old clothes, just like random clothes and diapers that she had like wrapped up and just given to my mom. And like, we're not laughing at the disease or anything, but it's still pretty funny that the fact that my mom got diapers it's a terrible terrible disease yes like yeah it terrifies me to even think about getting something like that but like when you got to look at the light of the situation like there Mm -hmm. is some sort of like humor or you know funniness that comes out of like any any dark situation you can find some sort of silver lining or humor to make it Mm -hmm. a little better or bearable yeah it's a little lesson (laughs) that's a little lesson oh yeah so one one big lesson I got to visit the elderly, SpongeBob and Patrick, just one, they should not that guy should not have let him in uh there because no. he was just obviously not there to visit and be a kind, helpful volunteer. But I think there is some he SpongeBob did touch on that whole they they are full of wisdom and experience. And I think that is very important that we do learn from older people. And there are some older people who went through some crazy crazy mm-hmm. and some some of it's like you would never even think about that like oh yeah i raised my entire family after we escaped like the holocaust things like that 
mm-hmm. which you know might be a little insightful. And on the other hand, there are old people who are a little bit stuck in the past and probably not as fun to talk to. No, but I'm sure they could they could use a little, you know. It's just like the whole respecting the elderly thing. Exactly. Like I don't know. Like uh, other cultures have much more respect for the elderly than we do here in America sometimes. So I think it's mm-hmm. important to kind of recognize that. Um, it is important to acknowledge their wisdom and that they do have things that they can pass down to you. Mm-hmm. So respect your grandma and grandpa. Yeah, especially if they sleep with their eyes open. Yeah. Because Mermaid Man, he is a trained professional, man. He was always looking out for evil. And that that's... I'm probably going to post still of that, of just his, like, crazy face. He's just, like, spacing out for forever, <laughs> seeing the universe, a.k.a. napping. I love how... Um, Barnacle Boy's like, it's me, old coot. Mm-hmm. And then everyone in the whole like place is like, what? Me? <laughs> <laughs> Just little little gags like that. I respect Barnacle Boy, because it doesn't it doesn't necessarily seem like he needs to be in like a in nursing the home. home. But he's there to support his friend to make sure that you know Mermaid Man is okay. Like he's a true sidekick, like a true solid mm-hmm. sidekick. Do you do you think there's some like homoerotic undertones there or overtones. I didn't, I didn't pick that up, but I guess I could see that. Like people discuss that with Batman and Robin all the time. It's the same yeah. thing. Yeah, I mean I I would imagine that they're closer in age. What their age is the age difference is. He calls him his ward. Mermaid Man calls Barnacle Boy his ward. So I'm assuming he's a little there's some age there's a decent age difference there. Cause there's also like those rumors that, you know, SpongeBob and Patrick are gay. Yeah. We'll address those on a different one. I think we'll, that'll get us on a weird tangent where we're just like going to debate whether or not. Maybe that'll be a special episode whether we debate. Um, I know I have a, I have a friend of mine who definitely thinks, has very strong opinions on different sexualities of people. It's funny. In, my friend literally just sent me a meme or a Tumblr post of that very subject. Um, oh. That was like SpongeBob is gay and trans. Patrick is pansexual. Squidward is also gay. Plankton is bi, and it ends with Mr. Krabs is a capitalist. B- I mean, <laughs> my friend who uh, told me that they said that, um, they said that they think SpongeBob. If I'm, I'm trying to remember it because it was a Facebook message like from the, after the we did the first episode of the podcast. They think that SpongeBob's asexual. Oh, maybe. And then they think that um, Mr. Krabs also is a capitalist. She's capitalizing off of SpongeBob and Patrick. Uh, anyways, let's not dive deeper into that before. We, but we should touch uh, on we'll, the fact that SpongeBob does cross-dress for the first time in this episode. And that does become oh, a consistent thing in the series where you do see SpongeBob cross-dress. So SpongeBob, does I'm into proud it. of him for that. Yeah. I'm proud of him for that. Like, not to fetishize it or anything like that but it takes it takes gumption to be like i'm gonna dress against the norm i'm i'm not even one to wear shorts that go above the knee because i like my knees protected and i sometimes feel like a kindergartner if they're any shorter than that so i respect anyone who can be comfortable in whatever they're wearing yeah shout out to all those people I guess that's a little mini lesson. Just like 
be be uh, comfortable in what you're doing. Yeah, because SpongeBob was he was fighting for the greater good. He wanted that's true. Um, Barnacle Boy and Mermaid Man to come out of retirement, and he succeeded, but just with a little bit of cross dressing. Maybe, maybe we would succeed in more things if we cross dressed. <laughs> I also found it funny, like at the very end when they started attacking SpongeBob and Patrick, and there's like you guys are the evil and it's true like you see can see sometimes that spongebob and patrick actually aren't the heroes in every episode like it does end up well for them mm-hmm. in most situations like their intentions are good but what they do like the way they go about it is perceived as like you guys are kind of assholes you know? yeah i mean i think i think it's that weird i think it kind of like happens with like i said like it happens with kids and with dogs and like other like innocent beings where they're just like so oblivious sometimes that they realize like you know like when a little kid calls someone fat yeah it's like hilarious but it's also really mean because it's probably true like they like true in the sense that they believe it like they believe that you're fat or like you're ugly or something like that because they're just trying they're just stating what they what their little brain thinks they don't know better exactly they don't know that that's not nice to say to anyone um Oh, SpongeBob when he's re, he's like a perfect fanboy, which I think is really great because he's he remembers so much out of Mermaid Man and Barnacle Boy's life that he just like recaps their like. And this is the important thing. So, one thing that struck out stuck out to me completely was the fact that SpongeBob mentions a gun that makes things bigger when Atlantis was running out of food. kelp. I think yeah, it's food, food supply. And so it makes things bigger. So that plays into another episode where, you know, things are made smaller. So I'm hopefully I'm going to remember that because we never really know what happens after that episode because there's other things. I'm not going to spoil it for you because I'm just assuming that you don't have the best memory. But unlike me, I remember a lot of Mm -hmm. SpongeBob (laughs) minutiae. So, (laughs) but yeah, but then he was, he's talking about the, Who's the bad guy he's talking about? The one who sucks on the glass? Uh, I can't remember. I don't remember the I don't remember the exact um name of this bad guy, but he's like and then he globs onto the glass and he starts on the glass and it's all like and he's like, it's gross. Another one of SpongeBob's gross uh, sound effects. Shout out to Tom Kenny for doing doing a good job. What other small little lessons did you see? Like, I feel um, like just both having of these heroes. Kind of... I like having heroes is a good thing. Like having role models or heroes, just like looking out. Like, even if it's a superhero, like I really like Marvel, like the most recent Spider Man. So it's like kind of look up to that. Mm-hmm. Um, so or you can just have every day like firemen, policemen, whoever, politicians that aren't corrupt. So good luck finding that. But. <laughs> Um, just having a hero, and it's and it's important. It's important to note for me, Josh, just because our current uh our current political climate, that don't make all your heroes don't have to be like public officials either. Because mm-hmm. I know for some people, the police, they're not very heroic to some people. So I think it's important to acknowledge that, because I'm trying to be more woke, but. Look at your heroes. I do like the small heroes thing because it they the fact that they have heroes that they look up to and they actually care about is nice. 
I think it's, I think every one of us needs one of those because it's, it's different than a mentor. Like a mentor will help you, but a hero like inspires you, you know, when they visit the retirement home, I noticed that that person, the retirement employee, the retirement home employees paper says school dropout rate soars, which is like a very specific and kind of bleak thing to put in a kid's cartoon. Yeah. And I think, I don't know if it's like the first time we've seen something like really blatantly negative. Does that make sense? Yeah, that makes sense. I like, don't remember. I don't really, I don't recall seeing anything in any previous episode like that. Yeah. Cause it's, it is weird because I mean, you and I pull out some like really deep or more like prolific things from SpongeBob because you know, that's what we're looking for. But that's something like very pointed, like, Hey, and are they talking about actual schools? Or are they talking about schools of fish? Yeah. Good question. Can you drop out? Can you drop out of a school of fish? Just go your own way. Um, you don't need to join the school. Yeah. That's how people get, that's how fish get eaten. Josh, that's, the whole point of a school is to look like a bigger fish. So other big fish don't eat you. Maybe that's what they want. Don't judge them. Oh, I guess so. I don't think they should, but it is their choice. Oh, I really enjoyed uh, Mermaid Man where he's like, make sure that he gets extra broccoli. The boy boy needs his vitamins. <laughs> Which, another small Looking lesson out. is just like, get your vitamins. Mm-hmm. You're always growing. Even if you're just growing outwards, you're always growing. You're always growing. I'm glad that you did bring up the, the fact that like SpongeBob and Patrick can sometimes be the the antagonist of the I mean, I guess they are like they cause the change that happens, you know, in the episode most of the time. Mm. And sometimes it's not good change. Cuz like what what happens when you take old people out of retirement like that? What if they die? Yeah. What if there's like actual serious consequences? I mean, I guess you or could what say made that them go to retirement too. in the first place? That's the thing is like maybe you just like respect that they are tired. Yeah, exactly. They're tired and they just want to rest. Oh, here's something that I'm having a hard time remembering, Josh. Does does Mermaid Man, when he's younger, he's not wearing the seashell bra, is he? I don't think so. I, I think that's interesting because what age do you get old enough where you have to wear a, a seashell bra to hold your own old man <laughs> boobs up? Because I want to die There's before too much happens. sag. Too much sag. Or maybe it's a fashion statement. If it's a fashion statement, well, he has like weird like shells on his nips in his adult, like when he's younger. So that's just translated into now his bra, the old of his man boobs. Yeah, he's got like little clam pasties. Yeah, he's got clam pasties. Oh my god, that's another invention. Do you think pasties. SpongeBob? <laughs> SpongeBob SquarePants invented pasties? Maybe. I think so. So what's that so far? We got vaping. Vaping. Uh uh pasties. There was another one. There was another one. I can't remember what it was now. Oh gosh. You have to excuse us. Josh Josh and I are both on the road. It's it's rough. It's rough out here. When <laughs> not in our cozy closets at home. Juggling a lot of responsibility. It's fine. We're tackling too too much responsibility. It is kind of funny how they are referencing all these things that maybe they did invent it. That's a very good possibility. Pasties are important. 100%. <laughs> now I'm just curious. Why would he use pasties as a young man? And over his suit. I don't understand. Maybe he got like 
really hard nipples sometimes and just needed to cover that up. <laughs> he didn't want to scare the children. Yeah. <laughs> He's like, I mean, I guess everybody has nipples, but I guess not every fish has nipples. Yeah, that's true. Maybe it was to make him more aerodynamic. It was so cold in the sea. It's cold in the sea, so maybe his nips were out, and he wanted to like make sure that he was, you know, more streamlined for his doggy pedal, raging whirlpool. Yeah, that's true. That's a good way. To, that's probably a really good way to look at it. Boom. Or maybe Tanning. he just looked good in them. Maybe he just thought he looked good in them. Yeah. I don't think it's a fashion not everything choice. has to be deep. No. <laughs> Solid. <laughs> now I want to debate something. Does SpongeBob? Do you think SpongeBob can actually control that jellyfish that came by? I think that was just a happenstance. Like, do you think that was res- residual? Like, you know how like some gods are really good at like one specific thing. Mm-hmm. Maybe he has the slight power to control the creatures of the deep. Maybe one day. I believe that for a second. I, I'm. I like. I feel to like think, if I'm he just... was able to control the jellyfish, he'd be a lot better at jellyfishing. Well, maybe he doesn't like exerting his will over others, Josh, okay? That's possible. Mermaid Man uses that as a last resort, so maybe that's what SpongeBob does. That's true. That's fair. Also, Patrick eating that donut, like, before it even, like, he put it on his finger, and in the, like, probably two seconds to go from from donut box to finger to air, he's, boom, took a bite. That's my man. He's hungry. I'm I'm hungry. That's how it works. (laughs) You gotta be hungry twenty four seven. No, I think like, I think the those those small little lessons, those those small ones, but important ones. The the Alzheimer's, the fact that they show Alzheimer's for kids, like yeah, they play it a little bit for laughs, but I think that's really interesting. And even the, I don't know, just the fact that there's old people yeah. in this whole universe is kind of nice. I think it's nice. I think that we can, again, like what a. Uh, SpongeBob said, "We can learn from their experience. Full of experience and wisdom." So, before we get on to Act Two, we're gonna take a little bubble break. Yeah, that's what we're calling our commercial breaks now. Done. Bubble breaks. Josh, I am extremely excited for our first official bubble break, which is what we're calling our commercial breaks now. Bubble break. Because usually we don't have sponsors. But this week, we do have a sponsor. Ooh, getting really fancy. Excited? I'm super excited. I've kept this. I, I kept this information from Josh, and I'm really glad we actually we mentioned it earlier in the episode. If you guys aren't familiar with podcast commercials, you got to read some copy. Um, so I'll read the the copy. But I'm just really excited because today's episode is sponsored by Power Pasties. So Jesus Christ. <laughs> power pasties are pasties aimed at men really just because we have fragile egos and for some reason we are uncomfortable with the fact that we can wear pasties too and I'm again this is just I'm just reading copy off this paper um, but yeah <laughs> power pasties are pasties aimed at men and women who want to feel more powerful you can put them on over your clothes they can cover your nipples when you're cold. They can go under your clothes in case you want to do a whole little nip sip situation. And you're just like, just kidding. It's my power pasty. Please excuse my power pasty. They actually sent us samples here. I sent uh, Josh. Uh, how did you feel about yours, Josh? Well, I'm just opening them now. This is a surprise. Um, I really like how they are actually sponge shaped. 
specific to oh, our you podcast. Got the, you got now, the sponge sink get? pasties? Yeah. Mine are star-shaped. Oh. They're they're pink and star-shaped. I'm a little disappointed though because they do not cover my whole nipple. I can tell. Um, You're but only, I see half I, your nip right now. However, I do still feel very powerful. I'm just applying um, mine right now, and let me tell you how comfortable they are. These are pretty great. Feeling pretty powerful, yeah, so pretty confident. Definitely, I again. We're just putting them on right now, so maybe we'll we'll check in like after a month. They say that after a month is really you really feel the effects of just how powerful they really are. So yeah, they they say after a full month is when you really feel all the power. So I'll be wearing them for a full month, and we'll see what's going on. So that way, like, or maybe I won't last that long. I don't know. I. They say they can go over your shirt. I don't know how the power really goes through that way. I guess it's more like a proverbial power, like a metaphorical power. The confidence is a power. Oh, that makes sense. Let me, I need to read the packaging. One second. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. I guess like, I guess they, they mean more of the confidence. I was really hoping I could like, you know, doggy paddle Josh <laughs> away from me. You'll have to try it out sometime. Yeah, pick pick yours up. Uh, Power Pasties. You can get them at www.madeupproducts.power.pasty.com. Backslash, backslash, this is not a real product. <laughs> this is not a real product. This is just a bit. Jumping into Act 2, Pickles. Uh, one of my personal favorites. Uh, so the episode starts off, normal day in the Krusty Krab, Spongebob making patties, Squidward dealing with the customers, and all of a sudden this big fish comes up. We learn that his name is Bubble Bass. Apparently very well known for how picky he is. Uh, orders this very, very elaborate sandwich, which Spongebob is able to keep up really quickly. Squidward does get a very clever line in there. He's like, sir, we serve food here. Just good, solid. Thank you, Squidward. <laughs> so Bubble Bass... Takes it over, everyone surrounds him, takes it over to his table, sniffs it, examines it, takes a bite, only to reveal that SpongeBob has forgotten the pickles. This completely crushes SpongeBob. And so Bubble Bass, because it, in the very fine print on the menu says you have a money back guarantee if you weren't satisfied, or gets his $2 refund, which $2 for a hamburger is pretty cheap. I don't want to recognize that. Mm-hmm. Mr. Krabs might have to step up his game a little bit. From that point on, we see SpongeBob just continues to have problems building Krabby Patties. He's second-guessing himself. He doesn't know what he's doing. So much so that Mr. Krabs is like, you should just take the day off, kid. And SpongeBob's so screwed up, he can't even find the door. He doesn't remember how to get home. It's a disaster. So we see him at home, and he doesn't even know how to get into the bed. And it's just all downhill from there. We go back to the Krusty Krab the next day, where Squidward is now in charge of making Krabby Patties where he has now burnt literally everything. He burns the Krabby Patties, he burns the fries, he even burns someone's shake. How he does that, I will not, I do not know, but special skills. So realizing he's actually losing more money this way, he, Mr. Krabs sets off to go fix SpongeBob. He goes to visit him at his house, and in a classic kind of Mr. Miyagi sort of way, sits down and starts to train SpongeBob. It is good to note, though, that SpongeBob's house is complete disaster at this point. Like everything, the music, even the background music is all backwards and distorted. There's like breakfast nailed to the wall. 
there's just stuff all over the floor. SpongeBob is in complete disaster at this point. Um, so they, it's like two days of training of trying to help SpongeBob learn how to do it. And SpongeBob finally is like, you know what, Mr. Krabs, you know, what I've realized I can't do it. And just like breaks down, even goes as far as to call, um, Mr. Krabs a crustaceous cheapscape, which I thought was a pretty solid burn. Um, and it was during this whole breakdown that he's like, you know what, I can't put a Krabby bag together. And as he's yelling about how the process works he ends up putting a Krabby Patty together perfectly at which point we go back to the Krusty Krab um they pull Squidward out of the kitchen who is also on fire burnt at this point um the customers see that Spongebob's back everyone gets excited comes back in Bubble Bass comes in has a little bit of like a stare down classic like Wild Wild West style with Spongebob exactly (laughs) Um, pool SpongeBob makes a patty for him. Bubble Bass eats it, and again says there's no pickles. Does his bit like he has this huge laugh that he does, and it's during this laugh that SpongeBob realizes that the pickles had been under his tongue the entire time, including someone's car keys. So Bubble Bass runs away. SpongeBob's a hero. Everything's great in the end. Classic. SpongeBob's Classic. always my hero. We we dogged on him in the last act, but he's always my hero. His optimism. He comes and goes. He comes and goes. He comes and goes. He's either he can be a villain or he can be a hero. Even this episode, I think Mr. Krabs, like as stingy and cheap as he is, like actually looks up for I mean, it was probably more for the money, but he like spends the time to help rehabilitate mm-hmm. SpongeBob, which is great. That's one thing I've noticed that's consistent with Mr. Krabs is he is always 100% motivated by money. He doesn't always, he's not always slimy about it. First thing I want to acknowledge is Squidward's 100% sassy, I do not give a fuck about my job behavior. Because let me tell you, when you reach that point in your job, it is a empowering, sad but amazing position to be in where you like literally he Squidward had nothing to lose. He was like, Hey, is there uh could I get some salt? And he's like, no, we don't have any. We're all out or whatever. We're out of salt. He's like, we're out of salt. And then he's like, can you check in the back? And he's like, no. And you know, there's more salt. You know, there's more salt. Like Squidward at that point is like, no, no. At that point, it's time to switch careers. 100%. 100%. Yeah. I can relate, though. I mean, I have been one of those indecisive customers that Squidward apparently has to deal with where I'm like, look at the menu, and I know I'm going to get the same damn thing I always get, but I will stand there and just like try to decide what I'm going to get. Oh, yeah. It's it's just, bad now. Even when I'm um, the McDonald's nearest is really swanky and has like those ordering those uh, menus, now. those touchscreens, I still take forever, but it's worse now because like, before I was just looking at the menu to see what there was, if there was anything new or if there's something that I was craving that was slightly different, even though it's McDonald's and I always get the same thing. But the thing that really like gets me now is like, oh, I have control over how much money I spend now. Before I had to like do all the the math in my head, but now I'm like, okay, if I get a double cheeseburger, is that cheaper than a McDouble? Or is it cheaper than a McDouble with bacon? Because then I get bacon. And then, like, I just go down that rabbit hole of just, like, what can I have? Too many options. But I'm telling you, that, that state that Squidward's in, I don't, I haven't reached that state a lot. 
But there are times where you're just like, you know what? I'm done. I, I'm just 100% done. I will do the bare minimum. And this bare minimum, sometimes, like, again, you're free. You're free of the, of the responsibility of the, the reality of responsibility, I feel. The reality of responsibility. Yeah, where you're just like, you realize, like, you know what? If I get fired, I get fired. I don't really care. I could just, or like, if I don't want to do this, I don't want to do this. I don't really care. I am, I'm free of that anxiety that people can like place on you. Like, oh, well, if you're going to not have a job, what are you going to do? I'll figure Nothing. it out. I don't care. Yeah. Whatever. Again, that's, that's power. That's like, that's like, uh, when everyone gives away their, de- their possessions and they have no possessions left and they're like, well, what are you going to do without your TV? And you're just like, mm-hmm. nothing. It's wisdom, enlightenment. That's Maybe. the first lesson. I could see that. Don't, Maybe. Don't give a f- That's your first lesson. That's a horrible lesson. Don't listen to Omar. That's a really good way that, to get fired. <laughs> that is a really, it is a really good way to get fired, but it's also a really good way to not have any stress. To not give a fuck about anything. Because you know what? When they're like, you know what? You didn't pay your rent. We're going to kick you out. You don't give a fuck anymore. So, boom. See that your four hours of sleep is now turning into life lessons on how to (laughs) ruin your life. So, please follow those if you want to end up down a rabbit hole of sadness and depression. Otherwise. Um, I'm not (laughs) suggesting that it's the only lesson you should be listening to. I'm just suggesting that. There are times where you can tap into that power or you can go like, you know what? Maybe you're being stressed out. Like SpongeBob could tap into that power where he's like, oh my God, I have to take this boating lesson. Boom. Turns on Squidward's I don't give a f***. Boom. He's like mellowed out. And he just drives. He still crashes the boatmobile. Just calm. Exactly. (laughs) If you're going to go into it, go into it calm, right? I guess so. That's a good way to put it. Stay calm. I like the names that SpongeBob uh, yells out. He's like, one crying Johnny coming up. And I use that now when I made a caramelized onions quite recently. And I was like, the whole time I was just like, one crying Johnny coming up. (laughs) It's pretty Even though no no one was around to hearing me. (laughs) I realized like as an adult now, like the crying Johnny and the other one was like something like grass fed. It's like one dozen crying cows on the farm mm-hmm. for wheat for the wheat buns. Yeah, yeah. that's that's great. I don't know why the are the cows. Did he order it with onions, extra onions or something? I don't think so. Maybe the introduction of bubble bass. Let me tell you, extremely proud. Not a bubble bass, but the guy who voices bubble bass. He is also one of my top favorite voice actors. Because Tom Kenny is also a beast, but D. Bradley Baker is also a beast when it comes to a lot of voice actors. There's so many other voices, and he's famous for, if you guys aren't familiar, Avatar The Last Airbender. He does all the noises for, like, Momo and Appa, and he does all these crazy noises with, like, like you just go and YouTube that and fall down that YouTube hole. You'll realize how many, like, random freaking noises he can make find his reel somewhere and i think it really shows because when he makes that laugh where he does bubble bass like he's like super nasally gross like annoying you're like oh like i hate you Mm -hmm. laugh i love it it's pretty great i really enjoy it 
I just I wanted to note D. Bradley Baker. I think it's the first time he's in a SpongeBob episode. Shout out in this one, and I just I gotta give him props because he's one of my faves. Also, just because I love Avatar: The Last Airbender, and if I can mention it any any time, then that's the one I want to do. I was really impressed, and also Bubble Bass. Yeah. And again, we go back to like we talked about last week. There are shitty people in customer service, and that's one of the examples. Is like people go to lengths to get free. <laughs> So you're going to watch your back. Yeah. And he was like stealing pickles, man. You yeah. steal pickles. Steal someone's car keys? How did those car keys get there in the first place? That's how I want, That's what I'm wondering. He was probably, I bet you, he was over at that person's house doing doing the nasty. Uses his tongue for different talents. <gasps> this is a family <laughs> podcast, Josh. Explicit. I was not explicit. suggesting that. It's explicit. I was suggesting he was eating Someone's nasty home cooking. All right, whatever. It's fine. <laughs> no, I was, I was also super surprised that Mr. Krabs even had a refund policy. Yeah, well, it's a super fine print, so it's probably something that he had to have. Yeah, and you were talking about the two dollar things. It makes me wonder, like, how cheap is a Krabby Patty? How, like, to make? Mm-hmm. What, what is in it? So it's whatever. What is that secret oh. ingredient that is abundance of apparently? Maybe SpongeBob hasn't been hit by by inflation. Maybe everything's nice and low. Maybe. He's living in a nice golden age. Well, I don't know if it's nice because like it's maybe it's like, oh yeah, like a car is a hundred dollars. That's it. <laughs> that old timey voice. Yeah, just go like oh yeah, going da- I'm gonna go down to the, the mini mart, buy a hundred dollars worth of stuff. <laughs> <laughs> I can furnish my whole apartment. <laughs> Oh, sorry, they didn't have apartments back then. It was my whole house, my six-car garage. Jesus. My the black and times. white TV set. The good times when everything was in black and white. But yeah, I, I, was, I was surprised by the fine print, but I was more surprised by the fact that Mr. Krabs gave him a mental health day. He did. I respect that. He's like, go home. Like, honestly, like, SpongeBob was shook. He was shook so hard. Like, he lost his mojo. Oh he lost all of it. I was... And this was like the biggest little theme that like stuck out to me in this is this act because I relate a lot to SpongeBob because sometimes you mess up in a way that you didn't think you were going to mess up and it really messes with your head. Like I get really anxious about stuff like small things that like, oh, great. Like I... I messed up that one little thing. And then, like, you're frazzled for the rest of the day. I mean, honestly, I don't get as bad as SpongeBob. Thank, thank the Lord. But no, it does he happen. had a bicycle does, and like, a pot. Yeah, that was, that was crazy. <laughs> it's just um, like riding a bike, boy. Just randomly boom. nailing some or nails into some toast. Like, what was, what was the purpose of that? But no, like, it does happen. Like, you screw up sometimes at work or even in, like, friendships and stuff. You do something silly. And people take it the wrong way. You start questioning everything you do, and so it's you just misspeak. Like it, yeah, it's the worst. Like yeah, you say something like really stupid, like, or like even like small things where they're just like, "Oh, enjoy the movie," and you're like, "You too." And you just think about that for the rest of the week. You're like, yeah, wow, the rest was of the I movie. So stupid. <laughs> I'm an idiot. But no, he gets like he he was he was real messed up. He was putting shoes and and food, and he put mustard on the shoe and. It's bad. It was, That's the thing. Just like, if you do mess up, it's okay. That's a human condition. 
and in this case it is a sponge condition every condition everyone makes mistakes yeah. so even a god can make even mistakes even a god can make mistakes so don't let it go to your head like acknowledge you made a mistake and learn from it and you can move on and it might not be as simple as that but as long as you take the time to like think about what you did wrong um and what you could do better next time then i think that's a good way to kind of cope from a situation like that because if you start overthinking that's when you become a spongebob and everything in your life because it's true like one bad event in your life can cause a chain reaction for everything else in your life to start turning out to be because you just start overthinking you start making mistakes and so it's better Mm -hmm. for you to take the time breathe and learn from your mistakes and then i don't know if it ever happens to you josh but like especially when i'm doing like live event work like sometimes stuff's really crazy and then something bad happens like during like the event like like for me if i'm running an event and like a camera goes out or like some technology doesn't work but like everything like slows down and your brain's like trying to process everything and you're like it's like a weird eerie calm comes over me when i'm like on troubleshooting like that on set where it's like what are all the possible solutions but they all come to you at once but like in your head it's like all slow motion mm-hmm. at least for me so it like i sometimes. think that little moment uh that moment you're talking about to just like mellow out i think that can happen quickly too if you if you can train your if brain you stay well enough, calm and you don't overreact in this situation mm-hmm. yeah yeah or you can just let it all go to Hope for the good word. Yeah. Just be like, don't give a fuck. Don't give a fuck. <laughs> um, no, don't follow that advice. <laughs> One thing I did notice is that when we we've seen SpongeBob's morning routine a couple times now, mm. um, but when he is at home and we see him the next morning after he doesn't know how to get out of, get into bed and couldn't sleep all night, he is hella mm. scruffy. Like he's got. Yeah, he's five o'clock shadow. Yeah, it's like never seen him shave before, so. Maybe that was brought on by stress. Is that how it works? Do you grow more facial hair when you're stressed? Maybe it's a sponge thing. Maybe. A sea sponge thing. Maybe he like grows all you you uh, hair when you're more stressed. Marine biologists out there, let us know. (laughs) Yeah. I don't I don't think we've mentioned this, but did you know that the creator of SpongeBob did studied marine biology? I didn't. Interesting. Yeah, he he originally started SpongeBob because he wanted it uh it was gonna be like a comic. Okay. Um, I was thinking about doing. We'll do like a special episode on the history of SpongeBob because I don't want to misspeak right now, and then you guys go in the comments because I know all those comments you guys leave, and I want you to be like, "Oh, Omar doesn't know anything about SpongeBob." I don't know every single little fact, guys, but I can I can recall small things, and I feel like it's good to know that he does have like that background in marine biology, and then he just started doing like little little comics and cartoons to help teach pe- teach kids and stuff, and. SpongeBob looked really weird when they first when he first drew him, but uh, but yeah, little little side fact for you. Thank you. The more you know, the more you know. Knowledge is power. I'll help you guys at trivia night. I wanted to address another thing that I saw that I've seen online, and that's the whole scene where SpongeBob has his underwear on his head. And some people will say that SpongeBob's nose is a phallic symbol. I would like to debate that if right now, if you if you'd want. I don't know if you've heard that, Josh. Have you heard that drama? No, I haven't heard the drama, really but I've drama. definitely seen pictures and stuff. Yeah, there's there's pictures where people will be 
they'll just screenshot that and they'll be like, ooh, look, there's looks like SpongeBob's got a in his um in his underwear. And you're like, what? It's the wrong side, guys. It's not where that comes out from. He's wearing the butt side on that side. So if it was flipped the other way around, I think the theory would hold water, but I don't think it's right here it's busted. Busted theory um, right there. There are some people who do the whole underwear thing where they reverse it just so they can wear it more <laughs> a couple days in a row. So they turn it they turn it inside out, not turn it around. No, people do. Have you ever heard of that? They inside out, what? turn no. it around, and then turn that in, inside out and turn it around where that way. No, look it up. I, I don't want to look it up. That sounds scary. <laughs> people do do that. The, they, you're telling There's me some real there lazy are people, people out who, there who take their underwear and get the the butt side and put it on the front side. Yeah. That seems uncomfortable. Yes, and unhealthy. Well, I mean. Just change your f***ing underwear, yes, but people don't do that, apparently, so... I mean, if you're going to do that, turn it inside out or something. I feel like that's less... Well, I think they do a little bit of both. However that they is... could to make that one pair of underwear last all week. Oh, my God. Yeah. Please, no. If you're doing that, if you're doing that, text me. Call we'll me. find you some help. I might buy you underwear. Cause I would 100% I just... go, buy, go to Walmart and go buy you a pack of underwear. I... It's not going to be the nicest underwear, but it's definitely going to be cleaner or whatever the hell you're wearing. <laughs> I'm still kind of impressed that Squibber can burn a shake. Yeah. That's that's some mad skills. We know we know that Squibber does have some decent like culinary skills. He made a souffle in that other episode. So he can cook. I think he's just, again, he's come to that point that you're talking about where he just doesn't give a f***. And... I, don't, I don't know. He seemed like he was trying. Uh, she seemed like he was trying. I don't think so. How do you burn oh. fries in a shake? He's trying to burn. That's what he's doing. He's trying to do he's... a bad job on purpose. <laughs> uh, no, I I don't know. He had the apron on and everything. Maybe he didn't have his kiss the squid apron, and that's what Maybe that's happened. What it is. Maybe it's a it's confidence special. thing. <laughs> he could have used you know some confidence building um, apparatus, some power pasties, if you will. <laughs> Ooh, more branding. Shut up. Uh, <laughs> No, but speaking of cooking and Squidward's cooking skills, I do want to bring up, just because I'm a fan, Binging with Babish. If you have not seen this man on YouTube, he does cool stuff, Space out of New York, and he takes stuff from TVs and film and he creates it in his kitchen. He's a home cook, learned all by himself. Anyways, that's a little bit of background. But he has two episodes that I like watching, where one where he makes a Krabby Patty, the recommended way. And let me tell you, he mentions it in the video too, but so the order that SpongeBob has the Krabby Patty, did you write it down, Josh, or did you memorize it? Because I know you're super, super, super smart. Into it. I have the wiki page up. They have it here. Oh, that's what you did. Cheater. I thought the whole time you were just memorizing all these things. No, but if you actually look at the order... It's not very conducive to like actually tasting good because that binging with Babish talks about it where it's like a bun with lettuce, cheese, onions, tomatoes. Cause like the the patty and the lettuce don't usually touch on a normal burger because you want the cheese to melt. So that's really interesting. And more importantly, he recently came out with an episode from I mean, with a recipe. He does one of Bubble Bass's orders where it's like super huge and it's really impressive. I really dug it. I sent it to Josh as soon as I got it because I was like, look at this food. 
It was good. He has a very good YouTube channel. Highly suggest that. Highly recommended. He did not sponsor this episode, but highly recommended either way. Free shout out. Cool. So, so like little lessons I got out of this. Like, don't doubt yourself. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, you people again. People make mistakes, and you will make mistakes hundred percent in your life. Um, but when you do, learn from them. Don't doubt yourself. Don't beat yourself down. Don't get too in your head. Just continue doing what you're doing. For for my little lessons that I got out of it was don't be afraid to take a mental health day. Even Mr. Krabs, who's a stingy, stingy person, recognized that SpongeBob wasn't in his clear mind and shouldn't be behind a grill and should be at home resting and doing things. And in the end, you know, Mr. Krabs came to him and was trying to fix him for the profit of his own, for his own, like, selfish gains. But SpongeBob just needed, you know, a couple of mental health days until it finally clicked. And then also being confident in your abilities. SpongeBob had the information. And all it took was a little bit of pushing, and he's like, boom. He remembered everything. He was like patty on a bun, lettuce, and then he added everything, and it was perfect. Again, it's like goes back. Don't doubt yourself. It's yeah. that confidence. And that confidence really comes out, and those those stressful situations, that, inf- that information is, is there. Your brain is always processing that kind of stuff, so it'll pop up. Overall, it was a really great act. So uh, let's go take a look at uh, the big lesson. So big lesson for this week. Um, what I got is... For some reason, that song by Leanne Womack, I Hope You Can Dance, just was playing in my head. I don't know why. It's like, but it's like the having like confidence and hope is what I got. And like keeping that sense of wonder is like the overarching thing that I got from both episodes. Like, so the first act, uh, SpongeBob is like, he's just very hopeful and he just very like keeps that sense of wonder when it comes to his heroes and not letting, not like being jaded or being discouraged by the fact that they're older now he still believes that they're heroes he still has that wonder like that sense of awe when it comes to them and the same thing in act two you kind of see it with him losing his confidence like he just needs to stay hopeful he needs to stay um confident and don't like i don't know don't lose sight of what your dreams are or what your goals are just because you make a mistake i like that mine's mine's pretty similar um I guess mine was more logical. Mine was more like, oh, let's set our goals and and meet them. Because for me, in the first one, it was like, I want them to come out of retirement. So let's get them out of retirement. And then the second one was just like, I want to be good at making this Krabby Patty. Yours feels more genuine because it's like, because it's about hope. I feel that's more tangible. Because like setting a goal is nice, but like, I feel like that's such a, I don't know. I like yours, Josh. I think that was a thank good you. one. It was thank good. you. It was, thank you, Leanne Womack. <laughs> no, thank you, thank you, Leanne Womack. I'm glad I keep you around now. It just it makes a lot of makes a lot of sense. Not and just a pretty face again. <laughs> you're not just a pretty face. You're not just a pretty face for podcasting. You know. Yeah. And trying and trying experimental <laughs> pasties, but no, like I think it is very important to set those goals, and. Well, I think a lot of those them. goals come from like having hope or faith or like mm-hmm. wonder like you those goals originate from a place of wow I really want that or that's something that I aspire for let me make goals to put this in place so I think they mm-hmm. kind of go hand in hand in some way I like that I think I think yours is like the overarching like feeling that you get from reaching your goals and like pursuing them and mine was like the little baby nugget inside it the baby nugget the baby nugget 
Beautiful. Because you know, it is it is nice when you when you have something that you're striving for and like that you're excited to do it and you have that heart. It's like that's what makes those goals. That's what makes those goals like fun or good is like that you have some sort of aspiration or some sort of wonder because of it. Because if you're just doing something for the sake of doing it or you don't really have like that sense of childlike wonder when it comes to something, then it's like maybe maybe your motivation isn't completely there yet. Yeah. Maybe take a look at your current stuff. Like take a look at your current situation and your current goal that you're trying to reach and maybe f- try to find why it maybe it's, maybe it's not inspiring you enough. Yeah. I think that's something exactly. that... Josh and I can both do and anyone listening can do is not be like, oh God, I just want to get this done at the end of the day and then realize that maybe my motivations aren't 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 genuine enough. Yeah, I think that's pretty like solid in this kind of um in our fields, like more artistic fields and creative fields. Cause if you aren't having some sort of inspiration or you don't have something that you can look for, um to help create your art that makes things really hard and you can put you in a dark place. Like I know a lot of artists and I've even been there that it like not having inspiration or not having that hopefulness in some way, like puts you in a really dark place. You don't know where to draw from anymore. It makes it really tough. So and you, again, and then uh, it could be anything. I mean, literally like you can find, uh, you can find inspiration in nature. Like people take walks, you can mm-hmm. breed and that like goes into like, just making sure that you're taking care of yourself and you maintain what you need to keep being creative or hopeful or inspired. Or even or even what we saw in this episode where like, you know, take a break from it. Yep. Relax and don't go home and obsess over it. Maybe go home and, you know, chip away. let your let decompress. your mind do it on its own. Yeah, decompress. you gotta decompress. Go ride your bike. Don't put it in a soup pot and then It'll it'll come to you. Yeah. It'll it'll click eventually, I think. Or at least you can come back at it fresh. Well, fresh that's, brain and that's and... the wonderful thing about being I know this is a TV show or a cartoon about SpongeBob or about Sponge and sea creatures, but us as humans have the incredible capability of recovering from awful, awful situations. So keep that in mind that like no matter what happens, as long as you find some sort of hope or faith or whatever, whatever it is to keep you going, like you can rebuild, you can recover. Yeah, I think I think it's good to just end it there. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you so much for listening. Share this podcast with your friends. We really want other people to listen. Make sure that you send us an email at ismayonnaiseapodcast at gmail.com. Hit us up on any of the social media sites. That's Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram is mayonnaise a podcast and on twitter it is is mayo a podcast either way just give us a google and you can find us and before we head out i just want you to remember that you always have to be on the lookout because there's always evil afoot evil evil Ooh, you suck